Trisha, good to see you again. It's always great so, to be back. Yes. Yeah. Another flash webinar from Shifting Schools today focused on soft skills. Yeah, we had some great feedback from last week's session. Um, that link is still live for anybody who missed it. Um, folks seem to appreciate just, you know, what can we look at and explore within 15 minutes? So this week's theme is going to be looking at soft skills. Anyone who has explored the Shifting Schools library of free resources, you know that there are over 60 free guides in that space. Overwhelmingly, most of them have been developed based on requests of our Shifting Schools community. So um, again, if you're watching, if you explore that library and there's something else that you're looking for a little bit of support with, you can always reach out to Jeff or myself at any time, um, we will do our best to uh, to support you in the way that you are trying to shift your school. So we did have a request um, from a number of our podcast listeners who noticed over the summer, we had this great theme going, Jeff, of really digging in and exploring the significance of soft skills. And folks wanted to know, how might I kind of, um, you know, work on soft skills, not just, you know, every once in a while, but really make sure that it's integrated into the curriculum, into classroom practices throughout the year. So Jeff, as we kick things off, I'm, I'd love to hear from you. What is a soft skill that you find is really important to the work that you do, or is a soft skill that you love leaning into and working on? Yeah. And I think there's a, a lot to unpack here, right? Like we've been talking about soft skills for a long time in education. There's all kinds of pushback that these aren't soft skills. These are the skills of today's workforce. And that's really why this coming school year, we really want to make sure that we have resources and we're focused all year long on these. One of the ones for me, I think my favorite one, and one we'll talk about today is this idea of flexibility like your computer crashing three minutes before you're supposed to go live on the internet, right? You got to be flexible. And in the work that we do uh, in supporting educators, you know, not knowing what question's going to come or what the next resource might be that we need to create, that ability to be flexible in the moment uh, in an ever-changing world, I think is, is critical, is a critical, critical skill to work with uh, of students of all ages. And it's a great example too, because Jeff, it's not like I can you know, after an hour class or an hour can learn how to be flexible and it's done, right? We need those repeated rehearsals to keep flexing these soft skills because as you mentioned, um, you know, that, that kind of soft phrasing is maybe a little bit of a misnomer. They are anything but um, essential. So again, the link to our slides, um, you can scan. I'm going to have this QR code up a bunch of times. We do have some clickable resources, or you can go to gg.gg forward slash soft skills shifting schools to get the link because um, we have a number of tools here that we're hoping will set you up to celebrate, showcase soft skills throughout the year. Um, one of our most listened to podcast episodes over the summer, the brand new host host of the PBS series Far Out with science communicator Swapna Krishna, who also has her very own column in Wired Magazine on gaming. Talk about a really cool dream job. And when we asked her 
really how um, how her career journey and her career pathway has led to these moments of of really her finding the work that's so meaningful to her. She told us that everything that she's done with writing has been for her about trying to really take a unique angle and that she has to pay attention to so much. She has to read a lot in order to figure out where her real niche is. Um, so we, we kind of love that as an example. Again, the link to that episode is there. I believe it's episode 212, if you want to go back and listen to it. So she, she really talked about soft skills. And of course, research shows as the, the quote here says, that when companies today are searching for their leaders, the thing that they are prioritizing above all else is looking for folks who have those strong social skills, things like communication, collaboration, um, interpersonal relationship building. And, and that's really, I think, at the core of soft skills as well. So our free guide, Six Ways to Spotlight Soft Skills, is of course available in our library of free resources. Today, we're really just going to walk through three of the six. So if you want to explore all six, please do download that free guide. A key question we wanted to explore today was, what role does self-awareness play in collaborative learning? So Jeff, I'm so lucky that I get to collaborate with you all the time, right? I, I love co-hosting the podcast with you. And we've talked about this before, that when we're entering into that kind of collaborative workflow, I have to think about like, hey, you know, what, what mindset am I in right now? Have I made enough sort of space for me to come into those meetings in a way where I can really focus and do that work? And we have to continue to practice that level of self-awareness. Um, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I find it a little bit easier to do as an adult learner than I may have done as a teen or even as a younger person. But for me, self-awareness and really that kind of just doing a quick check-in with myself is so important before I collaborate with others. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is I think one of the things we forget as adult learners is we've had lots and lots of practice at this. And how do we make sure that we are helping students have lots and lots of practice of this idea of being self-aware? What do I need and what do people need to know about me as we head into this collaborative environment? And one of the things I love, Tricia, that you know you and I do, and I think we do this quite well whenever we're in a meeting or we're just jumping on a call real quick, we always take time to just be like, how are you today? What's going on in your life? You know, through our relationship with this, we've both gone through things and it's, it's good to know, like you need to know where I'm at right now. And I need to know where you're at because that is going to be the foundation of how that collaboration works. And that's one thing I love about this free guide, this micro menu that we have on collaboration is it really is making space for that idea of just taking a few moments to make sure that we're we know, we know where each other is coming from and, and we can, we can get down to doing the work that we need to do, uh, being cognizant of that. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. I think if you're going to ask folks to learn together, it's really important that they do feel that sense of psychological safety. Can I admit that I don't know something? Can I ask for help? And it's really difficult to do that. If you haven't taken that step to have students rehearse that self-awareness and as this resource hopes to do, sort of bridge the gap between self-awareness and advocating for self. So this is a, we like to call it a micro menu. 
So this might be given out to a group of students, a group of adult learners. They have some time to think about this micro menu. I might not wanna share my answers to all three, but maybe I just pick one from here that I'm gonna bring to the group. And uh, again, this is about repeating this. So I would have students come back to this again, right? Because throughout the year, probably I would change my thoughts around how I want others to check in with me or what I need others to be mindful of. Um, my wife, who's a school leader, actually used this when she was meeting her new team of teachers. So she gave this out to her staff uh, and she did this in advance. And she said, when we have our first one-to-one -one chat, um, you know, I, I'd love for you, it's totally an option, but think of maybe something from these sentence starters that you wanna share with me. And overwhelmingly, they said two things. A, I appreciate being you know, provided this in advance so I can really think about my answer. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, and B, just you know, appreciate the space to advocate for myself in terms of what my needs are, right? Because not everybody wants to be checked in with in front of others. Um, so some folks would prefer it just in writing. Others do want, can you come and drop by my classroom? Not everybody likes that, right? And I think it's the same with young learners again. But for me, the real power in something like this is don't just use it once. Keep coming back to it again and again, right? Because we change. Something might be going on in our lives that affects this. And again, I think it really helps young learners practice I have to advocate for myself, right? It's important for me to let others know what I need them to appreciate, what I want them to do in terms of collaborating with me. And one thing I love about this is, you know, and we're, we'll talk about this as we go through these today, but the idea of just giving students the choice of what they share. And I love that you make that point, Trisha. It's it, you give this to students and you don't say, okay, now share all three. It's which one are you comfortable with sharing right now? I might not be comfortable or even haven't even thought about what's the best way for someone else to check in with me. But I really appreciate when somebody notices this about me. I, I really appreciate when people notice that I have a good idea or I really appreciate it when people ask me to be part of the conversation because maybe I'm shy and I just don't jump in on the conversation. And, and so I think that is a, a big part of this. We talk about student ownership a lot in education. And student ownership means giving students the ability and choice to make their own choices. And so when you give them a micro menu and then say, you can just choose one, not all three, or I'm not going to pick, say, oh, everybody's going to share number two, right? We've just taken the control back from the learner to be able to just say, here are three, pick one that you feel comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable today, or there's another one that you want to add, you're allowed to do that too. But, you know, just get the wheels thinking on this. And I think that especially at the start of the year, huge way to start building this in as just part of your classroom culture. And also can be great to model as the teacher in sharing this oh, back with your students it. as well. So Jeff, you know, we were talking about flexibility for a moment there. And I think this question, how can we celebrate our flexibility in order to reflect on it over time is important because, you know, as I mentioned, our flexibility, it's sort of like a muscle that we have to develop, right? You have to keep practicing it. But here's the thing. It's difficult to really understand the degree to which we're flexible unless we're doing some documentation. And I know that when I say documentation, sometimes people think like, oh, no, that sounds like a huge chore. And it doesn't have to be. So yet again, 
Um, again, in that free guide, that's where you'll find all of these resources that you can download. We have another micro menu. And it might be that with my class or with my PLC, maybe just once every two weeks, we're coming back to this micro menu and all it is is a sentence or two. So check in, you know, this week, what's some advice from somebody else that you tried out? This week, how did you adjust your pace or your timeline? You know, this week, what was it that you did that I'm still aligned with my values, but I was willing to try something different, change a plan, do something that I don't ordinarily do. Um, and again, when we're documenting this, if I've done this over the course of even just three months and I can go back, I'm getting such a deeper uh, definition for how I'm growing as a flexible thinker. So when we're talking to students about doing that documentation work, again, it doesn't have to be write an essay about your flexibility, the power of offering a micro menu, as you already said, offer some choice, just one or two sentences, check in with this, use it over time. And then what I would do is I would have that conference with a student and say, let's look at your flexibility journal from this term. Let's talk about some of the themes that you're noticing. Let's talk about some of the milestones of growth that were there. And what I love about this, you know, is we know that students really need uh, routines and consistency. <laughs> you know, that is what children, that is what children really need to thrive in our classrooms in life. The idea of routines and structures is, is a big part of that. We know that that's human development. 101 is educators, right? But within that things don't always go your way. <laughs> you know, PE gets canceled or it's an indoor rainy day. Uh, for elementary kids. I'm looking at, I love that second question there. If I'm a middle school or high school teacher to start asking that, you know, if you're a middle school teacher and you have sixth graders coming in and they're adjusting to a new timeline, you know, how do you adjust my timeline with, you know, all of a sudden I have sports after school and I've got clubs I have to be a part of. And, you know, I've got other things in my life that I'm trying to do to constantly come back and be like, okay, how am I adjusting? How am I becoming flexible? Because as much as we all love structure and routines, life doesn't work perfectly every single day. And so being cognizant about that, right? And being, how, what am I doing? Or what have I asked? You know, this week I tried the advice from somebody and it worked for me or it didn't work for me. Like, oh my gosh, that didn't work for me. Or, oh my gosh, that really saved me 15 minutes, you know? And I just, it's, it's again, so important to, to really take time to think about and have kids reflect on this idea of where am I being flexible or when all of a sudden things don't go my way, do I blow my top? You know, and my hope is, and our hope is, and I know Trisha, we write these th this way is we kind of aim for kind of an upper elementary, middle school, high school. But if you're a primary teacher, you can take this same idea and, you know, break down the wordings, maybe change out the icons but still have that same conversation of where were you flexible today? Where were you flexible on the playground? Where were you flexible at lunch um, in dealing with others? And I think it's just, it's such a great, again, a great quote unquote soft skill that we just have to constantly come back to and help, help students just think about. Hmm. 100%. And for me, the real power in doing this as a documentation tool would be for me to coordinate with the other teachers, do some co-planning, decide which teacher might actually look at this micro menu through their subject one month. 
so that, again, students are not just thinking about it in one class. They're thinking about how flexibility is meaningful holistically. So the last soft skill that we wanted to highlight is asking this question. What does it mean to elevate and rehearse curiosity? Because sometimes I think that when we talk to young learners about the value of curiosity, it's really difficult to actually understand that concept unless you are engaging with it. So this would be another micro menu that I would bring into either peer or group dialogue where, again, this would become a routine that we keep checking in with this micro menu and maybe it's students are working on a project, they're at a stage in their planning. Let's check in with our how can we menu. And all three of these questions are really meant to boost and amplify curiosity. I might have a space, it might be a physical space or a digital space where students are then documenting how did stopping, pausing, and asking how can we find out who else in our community is interested in? I'd ask them to celebrate how did that question make a little space for more learning, for deeper learning? Um, so again, though, the real power, I think, in any of these is we use it repeatedly. We use it several different times so I can keep practicing it. Because that third sentence starter, how can we put a spotlight on what spotlight on what we don't yet know or understand about dot dot dot? I think it's difficult at the start of the year when students might just be getting to know you as the teacher or one another to admit some of that, what I don't know yet. But as that trust comes in, we get richer and more meaningful conversations about that. So that's why, again, that word rehearse is so important to me. Yeah. And I mean, we just, you know, we want kids to be curious and again, come back to these year, you know, all year long. Uh, and, and it's that, that's part of that routine. You know, one of the things I think we get caught of as educators is we get bored seeing the same stuff all the time and kids do get bored as well, but there is also something in, Oh, I've seen these questions before. Oh, I've seen these questions before. And it allows us to go deeper in our thinking when we're posed with the same questions. And our goal with this resource, which is why, you know, we're giving you the actual link to the slide deck here, is we want you to download this slide deck and use these resources. These are, we call them ready to roll resources. You get these images that you can put up on the board, put up on the screen, put into your own slide deck, however you want to get them in front of students. Maybe try just one. Which one would help you maybe in the first week of school and see how it lands? Give us some feedback. How did this land? What did you do? How did you how did you set it up and, and do that structure? Um, and that's really what we're hoping with these resources, you know, that they're here for you. You don't have to do the work in making the resource. You just have to do the facilitation work, which is why we love, uh, you know, education and being educators is, is getting into those deep conversations with kids. So such Jeff, a great you and one. I talk all the time, too, about how it becomes a. Uh, easier to facilitate with these resources if we've used them within our own teams. So the how can we micro menu, I think has real value to be using in our meetings, in I our planning. Um, and again, it, I think it gives value when you're explaining to your class like, oh, you know, actually this is how Mr. You and I use this resource and you can give them the example as well. So again, there are three other resources inside the full guide. Um, you can get that from the link that you've seen or by heading over to shiftingschools.com, clicking resources, finding our resource library. 
Inside of this link, we know that folks are thinking about setting up classrooms. So we have also put together, we've curated a list of some of our favorite places to go for free posters. Um, we hope that that is useful for you as well. So thank you for tuning in to another free flash 15 minute webinar. We have one more of these coming up next Wednesday as well, where we will be talking about media literacy routines that you can also, um, you know, really be implementing throughout the year. So we hope to see more folks there. And as we mentioned at the start, if there is a free resource that you are looking for, please do reach out to us. Awesome. Thanks, Trisha. Great as always. And we'll see everybody next week. Until next time, we'll see you on the internet.